If he was eating shalashudas and it got dark, this that we say that he doesn't need to interrupt his meal. He should complete his meal and bench over a cup of wine and afterwards make Abdullah over it. If he has two cups, then he should bench over one cup and make Abdullah over the other. Hey, if he erred and ate before he made Abdullah, he is uh, able to make Abdullah afterwards. If he forgot and didn't make Havdalah on Shabbos, Mavdil as Sof Yom Gimel. One can make Havdalah until the end of Tuesday. That you can only make Havdalah uh, the entire Sunday and no further. Only the brachas of Hagafen and Hamavdil. Aval al Hanerub, some men work on Shabbos, but we only make the bracha over the candle and the spices on Shabbos. There are those who say that this that we say the halacha is if somebody ate something, uh, then he can still make Havdalah. That's only if you made Havdalah on, on Matzah Shabbos. But if he didn't make Havdalah at night, once he's tasted something, he can no longer make Havdalah. Says the but the main is the first opinion. Someone who is fasting three days and three nights should hear Havdalah from others. And if he has no other people with him, he can make Havdalah while it's still Shabbos and to drink, and afterwards to accept the fast upon himself after. Zayin. One who makes Havdalah over wine on his table. Even if he made Havdalah before he washed his hands. He exempts the wine in his meal. That he doesn't need to make another bracha over it. And some say that he does not exempt it unless he washed his hands before making Havdalah. If he made Havdalah first, he needs to make an Alagefen afterwards. When you exempt the wine in the middle of the meal, that you wouldn't need to make a bracha. You also wouldn't need to make a Alagefen over the cup of wine of Havdalah. And if he only had one cup of Yoser, and he thought that they would bring him more wine, so he made Havdalah over that wine, and afterwards they didn't bring him any more, and he benched without a cup. Some say he needs to make an Alagefan for the cup of Havdalah. Test. And Rats take of Abdullah. If a person wants to have a meal immediately after Abdullah, he needs to take care that they don't bring the bread to the table before Abdullah. And if they did, he needs to cover it and take that uh, covering and cover it over. Because the bread comes first in the Pasuk. And you would have to make the bracha over the bread if it wasn't covered. Yud, also last is Shimalacha Kemshi Abdul is forbidden to do any malacha before making Abdalvim Hivdil but filler mutter. But if you made Havdalah during your Amida, then it's permissible to do Malach Avishadan the Hivdal Alakos, even though you've not yet made Havdalah over the car. Vim Sarklas is Malacha Kemshi Hivdil but filler, and if you need to do Malacha before you say Atachanantano, I am one should say Hamavdil bin Kodesh Venachal, Blood Bracha. Uh, you just say Hamavdil bin Kodesh Khal without a bracha with Hashem's name. And then you can do work. Also, women who don't make Havdalah during Marek, so they should say Baruch Havdil before doing Malachah. Some say that all of this is concerns a complete Malachah, like writing and sewing, but simply lighting a candle. 
or carrying. And the Sarchal said it doesn't need a Barchum Abdel. And from here, the custom has become widespread to turn the lights on um, as soon as the congregation has said Baruch But ideally, it's like the first opinion. Some say draw water. Every Matzah Shabbos, keep Be'eresh al Miriam, serve Kol Matzah Shabbos, Kol Be'eresh, because Miriam's well surrounds all of the wells on Matzah Shabbos. Mishik Pekeh Ba'yishtab Menu, and someone who encounters it and drinks from it, Yisrapim Kol Tachlo'av, will be healed from all of his uh, illnesses. And I didn't see people doing this custom. And see above concerning someone who is letting Shabbos go later if they can ask someone who's already made Havdalah to do Malachah for them. Simon Shin. She is Shulchan Matzah Shabbos, the person should arrange his table on Matzah Shabbos. Aleph Lailam is Sadran Shulchan Matzah Shabbos, Kedil Lavis Matzah Shabbos. A person should always set his table on Matzah Shabbos to accompany off the Shabbos. I feel like even if he only needs a small amount of food. What can you carry outside on Shabbos? One should not run on Shabbos unless it's for a mitzvah purpose, like, for example, to go to shul. Says the it's forbidden to take steps wider than one ama, and if he can take smaller steps. Young men who enjoy jumping and running is permissible. And similarly, one may run to see anything that you take enjoyment with. And says Ramah, you can also take walks. If one was walking along and he came to a stream of water, you can jump over it. Even if it's wide, it's so wide that you would actually be jumping into the air. And it's better to jump over it rather than go around it because that would increase the walk unnecessarily. And one cannot pass through it because that may lead to squeezing out the water from one's garments. If you're going to a mitzvah matter, to greet one's teacher, or to greet a great person, a wise person, you can walk through the stream. As long as you do it in a different manner, for example, that you don't take your hand out of the edge of your garment, in order that you should remember not to squeeze, and that way you won't come to squeeze. But also lava basandolo, and you can't pass with your shoes on the given any yoka lahatko lakashra yoffa, since you can't tighten it um well, Khaishina we're concerned Dilma Nafal Vasalasuye, maybe it'll fall off and you'll come to carry it. Ababiminolo mutter. So with your sandals you cannot do it, but with your shoes you can pass through. Hey. One who's going for a mitzvah can pass through the border even on the way back in order that he uh, shouldn't stumble next time that he won't want to go. One who is going to guard his fruits he can pass through the water on the way there but not on the way back. Anyone who goes out wearing something, not in a way of adornment and not in a way of clothing wearing, and he took it out in a way that one would ordinarily take that out, Chayev is liable for carrying on Shabbos. And any adornment that's weak and can easily fall off, also, Lotte's boy, 
it's forbidden to go out with that on Shabbos Yatza, but if he did go out, Potter is exempt. And a woman should not go out with adornments that she would normally take them off to show them to others. See further whether it is permissible to wear it um, in the house. Continues. Uh, therefore, a person shouldn't go out uh, with his sword or his bow or his shield, and neither with his club nor his spear, nor with any other clothes that are not an adornment. And if he did go out, then he is liable to bring a sin offering, and not with a helmet or, uh, or chains, and not with uh, boots, iron boots, and yotza potter. But if he did go out with those, his exempt shuhem derech malbush because it's normal to wear those items. Well, yet but tefillin and shouldn't go out wearing his tefillin. Nation tarach lasiram kishi kanos avesakise because he'll have to remove them if he needs to use the bathroom. Well, yet a cotton bemin al godel and a small person should not go out wearing a big shoe because maybe it'll fall off and he'll come to carry it but he can wear a large robe he shouldn't go out wearing just one shoe unless he has a wound on one of his feet because maybe people will laugh at him and he'll come to carry it but if he has a wound on his leg then he can wear one shoe a person may not go out with a needle uh, stuck into his clothing, whether it has a hole or it doesn't have a hole. And if you went out with a needle that has a hole, he's liable. But in, with a needle that has no hole, he's exempt. Some say the other way around. One shouldn't go out with a ring that doesn't have a seal on it. And if he did have his libel, and if it has a seal, the Rashi Potter, according to Rashi, he'd be exempt. According to Rabbein Tam and the Rambam, it's permissible to enter Tachshit El Ish because it, for a man, it's a an adornment. But something that is an adornment for a man and a woman, Asr Gamla Ish, is forbidden also for a man. Yud. A ring that has a stone in it. And also, if there were letters written on it. It's not called uh, a seal ring. Because it's only called a seal. Unless they're engraved into it letters or pictures. Uh, something that is made for an adornment or for use. Like beautiful keys made of silver, like a uh, an adornment, also a forbidden. Because one who sees it will say that he is, that person is taking it, carrying it for a purpose. Some permit it if it's made of silver. Says the Ramah. Uh, nevertheless, it's forbidden to go out with the glasses case. Even though the case is made of silver, because the Glasses themselves are a burden. If the key is made of copper or iron, even if it's connected to his belt, it's forbidden. And some write that we are we permit this. A tailor should not go out 
with the needle uh, that's stuck into his clothing. And a carpenter should not go out with the piece of wood by his ear. And a wool comber should not go out with the brush around his neck. And if they did, potter their exam. Uh, one who is experiencing a um, seminal emission shouldn't go out wearing a uh, pocket that one uses in order to not soil himself. And similarly, a woman who is during her period that she ties a piece of cloth uh, so that she doesn't uh, soil herself. A store latte's boy is forbidden to go out with it. Unless it is made in a way that is being worn. But if it's tied up so that uh, she won't, so the blood uh, won't cause her pain, uh, then it's permissible. Something that is worn. Even if you're only wearing it in order to avoid soiling, you can go out with it on Shabbos. Therefore, it's permissible to wear a raincoat or a hat. But it's forbidden for a woman to place uh, a piece of cloth over her scarf because of the rain. Because that's not the normal way that one would wear it. Someone who is uh, an amputee cannot go out with his uh, wooden leg. Um, Meaning to say that you make the shape of a leg and uh, he puts his knee into it. And you don't do do it to walk with. Because you're still going to need a stick. The only purpose of the way that they would use this wooden leg is so that a person wouldn't look like they're an amputee. Since it's not necessary for the purposes of walking, also it's forbidden. An amputee that can't walk at all on his um, knees, and rather he just sits on a chair. Uh, and when he is uprooted from his place, he leans on his hands and on his knees, uh, and he pushes himself. And so we make pieces of leather or wood uh, for the... Uh, extensions of his um, elbows or legs that are hanging and when he leans on his hands and uh, uproots himself he's also leaning a little on his legs and one cannot go out with these on Shabbos because since they're hanging and they're not uh, sitting on the ground sometimes they will uh, be removed but with a chair and the small um, couches on his hands, he can go out. But if you have an amputee with both his legs and uh, we make these items for him, uh, then he can go out with them on Similarly, it's permissible to go out with a wooden shoe that the uh, leg enters it, and there's no concern that maybe it will slip off. 
And also with slippers that tend to slip off quickly and automatically. And some are strict and forbidden. And a person shouldn't go barefoot on Shabbos in a place that it's not normal to walk around barefoot. And a person shouldn't go out on Shabbos the way he goes out during the week unless he has some way that will remind him that it's Shabbos and he won't come to desecrate it. If you have someone who's lame and can only go with a stick, he's allowed to use his stick, carry his stick on Shabbos, even if it's not tied to him. But if he is able to walk without it, and he only takes it to steady himself, also it's forbidden. And an ill person who was recovering has the same law as this lame person. A blind person cannot go out with his stick. Someone who is bound up and has chains on his feet is allowed to go out with them. It, one may not go out with a, a donkey stick, which is what jesters use, that looks like you're going on a donkey, but really you're walking with your feet. And not with stilts, which are tall pieces of wood that uh, has a foothold for, that you use it to walk through the mud. And you can't go out with a mask, which is a mask that you place on your face to frighten children. One may not go out wearing a chest, a basket, or a mat, but one may go out wearing woven goat's hair, an unfinished thick sheet, or a coarse goat as garments. One can go out with a cloth or a sponge that's on a wound, because they heal. Therefore, it's like an adornment. Uh, also with a shell of garlic or onion or the bandage uh, that's on top of it. But if it fell off, you can't replace it. And how much more so you shouldn't put it to begin with. But it's forbidden to tie a string uh, over a wound to go out with. Since they don't heal, they uh, it's considered carrying. But the rags that one places around a bandage so that it does not fall off. Uh, you can walk with it and you can tie it and untie it. Children can go with little bells that are sewn onto their clothing. But they're not sewn on, they may not. And it only helps that something is connected if it's normal that it should be connected to it. Also, but if you connected something to the clothes that's unusual, then that would be forbidden. And little green circles that the kingdom, that the government has decreed that every Jew needs to wear it on their clothing. Uh, it's permissible to go out with them. Even if it's not sewn onto his clothing, it's just connected a little. And also it's permissible to have a handkerchief that you use to wipe your nose uh, if it's connected to your clothes. And this is we say that you can have the little bells uh, that are connected to the clothing. That's only if you don't have the ringer in and it doesn't make a noise. 
You can go out with all sorts of grass that you tie them onto the person and they're used for healing purposes. One cannot go out with an amulet that's made by a non-expert. If it's made by an expert, you can go out. It makes no difference whether uh, this, this person who wrote it is trustworthy or it's an amulet that it was written uh, three letters and three people were healed with it. That that person became an expert for that particular kind of healing anytime he writes it, but not for others. And the amulet would not be an expert amulet if someone else would write it. Um, or, or whether it was something that was written uh, in a letter and it did heal, uh, that that would be considered a letter that works for everybody. And how much more so if we have proof that these uh, amulets do work? Uh, whether this uh, is working for this particular person or it's working for all people. And that's only if the uh, both of these proofs came at the same time. If the person proved first and afterwards he made the amulet and he healed the people. We don't assume that the... Uh, that the amulet is what's healing rather than the person is healing because he already was uh, has a presumption of being a healer but if he wrote three amulets for one person and he healed him three times neither the amulet maker nor the amulet are considered proven and one can go out when we say that you can go out with an expert amulet it makes no difference whether it's a written one or uh, it has roots uh, whether it's an ill person that is dangerously ill or has no danger and it's not only in a case where a person has already uh, taken ill and we're hanging it upon him for healing. But even if the illness hasn't yet taken hold, but he's from a family who gets this illness and we tie it on him so that he doesn't uh, get ill. Shari, that's permissible. And we tie it on and we can untie it in the public area. Uh, as long as you don't tie it up, with a tie or a ring, and then he goes into the public domain. Because then people say that he's going out for an adornment, and that's forbidden to love Tachshit, because an amulet is not an adornment. A doctor is allowed to say about himself that he is an expert. A person can go out with various superstitious items, uh, whether it's weekday or Shabbos, and we're not concerned that it's an Emirate practice. And also anything that is for healing purposes. But if he does something that is not associated with healing, then it is forbidden because it's Emirate practices. But any whispering is permissible. And only, they only forbade those that they checked out who could not help. And some are concerned and say that any amulet that was not written by an expert uh, were concerned about MRI practices. 
Someone who has a wound on the bottom side of his foot, and he places some board, uh, ties it to it, to protect it so that his foot doesn't get injured, and it also heals it. He can go out with that on Shabbos. One who goes out with his talus folded over his shoulders, I mean to say, after he's placed it over his head, uh, he then lifts up the corners and places the whole thing over his shoulders. Chayiv Chatas is liable. Avalam enim kapelz akseifov, but if it's not completely folded up on his shoulders, elam shul shelus berach balamato akseifov, but it is hanging by its width. Uh, it's just doubled over. Uh, below his shoulders, shari, it's permissible. Once he is encloaked in his talus, and it covers him, uh, his shoulders and his body, even though he shortens it a little from below, it's permissible. But he's there, and going to this, uh, going to this, one can include oneself in one's talus uh, to bring it to shul. It is permissible to go into the public thoroughfare with his talus around his neck, says the Ramah. Even though he places the right side over the left shoulder, because that's normal to wear it like that. And it then looks like you're beautifying it, but sure, it's permissible. If one goes out encloaked in his talus, and he folded it over from here and there with his hand over his shoulder, if he intended to gather the corners in order that they shouldn't tear or get dirty, it's forbidden. But if he gathered them together to beautify himself the way he would wear it, if that's the way that people wear it uh, in that place, it's permissible. And that is the case with taluses of yore that were made uh, with one weaving that was all uh, one piece that was square. But our clothing, when a person wears them, most of the other you put your hands through the holes in the clothing. Then you can pick up the edges with your hand, and to raise it up, so they don't become dirty. Uh, the uh, edges uh, in the mud, or that doesn't get in the way of his walking. One who goes out with money that is uh, connected to him uh, through a pocket or something on his clothing is liable. But in the house, it's permissible if he needs to. Even if they're not tied to it, uh, if they just um, have a hole through it. It's forbidden to go out on Shabbos with money or silver or gold that are sewn onto his clothing, says Ramah. Some permit it in a situation of lost yore, where one is concerned that it will be stolen from him. If you leave it in the house and, and depart. And similarly, we are accustomed to uh, be lenient if he needs to go out. But if he can just simply sit at home and not leave, and that way he'll have the money with him, he shouldn't leave. And in a place where he doesn't need it and he can leave it at the house, one should be strict. A person can go out with uh, a kerchief that is tied, that is folded onto his shoulders. Even though there is uh, no string that is attached to his finger. But if that uh, scarf doesn't cover the majority of his head and his body, it's forbidden to go out with that. Unless he tied two uh, ends of it uh, below his shoulders, tied to one another. 
um, if you've got pieces of material that are hard, one cannot wear them out into the public thoroughfare. If they're if they're not too hard, mutter is permissible. One can wear two pieces of clothing, one on top of the other, whether he needs it or his friend needs it, uh, whether they are two robes or they're two outer garments, or maybe they're two belts, one on top of another, even if there's no clothing between them. Some forbid two belts atop one another, Unless there's a piece of clothing between them, and that is the way that one should behave. And one can wear two hats atop one another, and uh, two pairs of socks. One can wear gloves on Shabbos. Uh, and some are strict that you need to sew them on Friday uh, onto the edges of your clothing, although they're tied uh, well to your clothing, and ideally one should be concerned for their words.